Welcome to another episode of the Visual Div. Alien, how are you doing? Good, Matt. How are things? We did that one well. <laughs> yeah, we listened to the... Say, we listened to it. We saw the countdown properly then. Um, anyway. <laughs> the Snapchats. Yeah, I've always wanted one of those and wondered why they use it. And it's only when you do video editing that you realise that... Um, or sound editing, I guess. They, they look for the snap, don't they? In the... Uh, Anyway, let's not get into calibrate that. the snap and the sound, yeah, so that people aren't there. And the video isn't off. There we go. Um, anyway, today we are going to explore mast. Like, what is mast? What I like about it, what I don't like about it, and also get your take on uh, the different elements. Obviously, mast is a well. Let's let's read out what what the guys have got on the uh, the mast docs homepage. So, mast is a lightweight developer first CSS framework for Webflow. Okay, so a bit to unpack there. It uses tried and true front end development methodologies from inside and outside of the Webflow community to enable you to build in an efficient, scalable and reusable way. Seems pretty, uh, pretty uh, a good statement. Read off stuff here, like people are definitely going to be turning off. <laughs> that was just like, that was like a newsreel. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so, but I like, I, I think it's, I think it's important because like they, they say lightweight, we can just... <laughs> website <laughs> <laughs> apologies but I, no i am setting the scene here so there, there are things to unpack here that we we can unpack as we go along but they say it's lightweight they say it's developer first now that that contrasts a little bit with the FinSuite client first you know there's a little maybe there's a little nod there um it says it's a css framework which is interesting it's using tried and true front-end development methodologies. Again, that's super interesting. Um, from inside and outside of the Webflow community. And it's all about building efficiently scalable and reusable. Um, okay. I, I've got, I look at that and I go, yeah, that appeals to me. I used to build, um, build websites without Webflow. So just, what do we call it? Vanilla, where you'd actually write the CSS yourself. Um, put the classes into the HTML yourself. Um, so this sort of kind of, kind of attracts me a little bit. The lightweight nature of it, that also attracts me. I, I kind of want a framework to be there, but I don't want it to be to get in the way. I don't want to be beholden to the rules and regulations of a framework because um, that tends to, at least in my opinion, that tends to um, constrain your ability to do things. Roll the back of it. So... Most people use <laughs> you've gone fucking you've gone bananas there, man. Like you're just going off on a tangent. First of all, framework. So most people use client first and you use mast. I use I've used mast a little bit, but mainly all of my projects have been done on client first. So what's the difference? Like the initial top level difference and why you have you chosen mast? I was getting to that bit. I was getting to, getting to that bit. I was what I was trying to explain was I just their, 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 
what I was trying to get to was the context of my thoughts around fast uh, have to be taken in the context of what they what it was built for and how it was built. I think the developer first um, statement there is one that I align to quite a lot um, versus maybe the client first naming, which feels, at least in my opinion, to be aimed at being better for clients to use. Okay, so um, I, I'm not sure. Client first. Yeah, so that, that's, a, that's the first bit that attracted me to it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, I, it's a good question. I, I think my main, the main um, difference in my mind is client first, the, the terminology used, so the, um, the semantics of, of the class naming is, is pretty verbose. It's pretty clear and um, let's call it uh, you don't need a manual or a set of docs next to you to understand what's going on. You know, they're like text size large. It's pretty obvious that it's the the large version of the text size. Whereas in Mast, it's a little bit more shorthand. So you have more shorthand ways of uh, writing your classes. So um, it comes yeah, with utility classes, you have... Um, like you MB dash one, for example. Okay. And so, you know, a so layman, a, a client looking at that might large. not understand that. What is text size large in MAST? There isn't a text size large in MAST. So how would you make a slightly larger than 16 pixels piece of text in MAST? Well, that's that's on my my column of dislikes. Is that I think the way the guys built it was to be opinionated on certain aspects and give you enough to start building, but not so much that it's opinionated on the things like your um, text sizing system. So it does give you it does give you sort of minimal. So it does. The same as client first does it says here's a h1 a h2 a h3 a h4 a h5 then it goes into the paragraphs and there it starts to uh, at least in my mind starts to fall out a little bit of the way that a developer might work um and i spoke to to cory moyne you know one of the creators of, of mass about this is it starts saying right we've got a paragraph 1.5 and what does that mean? A paragraph, a class that's called paragraph 1.5. So that's designed that's about, and it equates to. That's a 24 pixel paragraph setting. That's what I would see if I heard, if I saw that. Yeah, so you've you've got jumped on a step here. Thankfully, you're jumping on a step here as well. It's not just me jumping on steps here. No, paragraph 1.5 is a paragraph that is 1.5 rems large. And at a 16, uh, if one rem equals 16 pixels, then yes, you've got a 24 pixel size paragraph. So that's kind now of my problem with that, and we, we... Text, text size medium in that that would so. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to equate it. So in, in client first, you have text size regular, which is 16 pixels, or one rem, and then you have 
text size, and then you have text size medium, which is usually 1.5 rem, and that's usually used in a paragraph or a text setting. Like they don't have um, that. Yeah, you would use that for paragraphs and text. So this paragraph, there's probably paragraph one, is there, and paragraph 1.5 in 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 mast. Is that right? Wait. Yeah, well, wait. Let, let's unpack what you just said there, okay? Because this is this is one of my um, my bugbears with with any framework is the 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 name you give a, a size a class that represents a size needs to be able to cater, in my opinion at least, needs to be able to cater for different sizes in that class because we have things called breakpoints. We have different sizes of screens. So if you if you call something text size medium. Now it could be, let's say it's uh, two rem on on a desktop. When you get down to tablet, the medium size you might decide, okay, that's now one point five rem. And when you get down to um, uh, mobile landscape, you might go, okay, now it's one point two five rem. And then on really small screens, you might go, okay, the medium is now one rem. So but it's all packed up into that class of medium. Yeah. Yeah. So client yeah let me let me finish because this is important. Yeah. So client first does that, and that is my putting my developer hat on. That's the way I've always used classes. Is classes represent a set of values, but they can change over breakpoints. So I I, I very I'm, I'm I'm always against putting a value in the class itself. I, I always I always favor putting a a label that represents a scale but not the value of that scale because if if for example let let's let's look at mass if you have paragraph 1.5 what if I want that's my say that's my largest paragraph what if um I want that to be 2.5 large like I want it to be 2.5 5 rem I then have to change the class to say paragraph 2.5. But when I go onto desktop, I want that that large, that 2.5 to go down to 1.5. But the class is still says paragraph 2.5. So you start to get out of sync with what you look, what the class is saying it is and the value of that class. So That's I'm always a big fan of separating the value with, with the name. So can I just... Um, unless it's... Really succinct, yeah. So because it's um, essentially a multiplier, so I made the assumption that there's going to be a paragraph 1, paragraph 1.5, paragraph 2, that these were all going to be multiples of of the base, which was 16 pixels or 1 rem. And you're saying that if um, the design doesn't fit that parameter and let's say the, you wanted it to be um, the the size up from the initial paragraph of six uh, picks, uh sorry the initial paragraph size of sixteen or one rem is actually two point two and a half times that, then it it doesn't fit the the naming. Is that what you're saying? That it should be um, exactly yeah, and then that kind of breaks the whole system in or can break the whole system. So why wouldn't you just you leave in that particular instance just leave paragraph 1.5 and go straight to paragraph 
if there was one. Well, to, that doesn't work either, does it? Because on the on a different breakpoint, it's a different value. Oh, I see. Because it's not two point five of the fourteen pixel base down at um, mobile potentially. Is that what? Well, well, it is two point. It's saying it is in the class, but you might not have that as the value. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get. You know, because like some there there are some instances. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Now. So, so you know, a, a good 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 thing with the um. And it just the the thing is the class name then runs out of sync with the actual value of that class because you're using it. like for example if you with blog posts often when you when you're doing mobile design you will make the text the paragraph text a little larger when you're getting down to smaller screens it just it helps with readability um, so the fact that you've now got a paragraph two point five. You're stuck. Well, at least it feels like you're stuck to that being 2.5. Now you could add, you could add a combo class in to reduce that, but that just feels painful. Instead, like I like the way Client First does it. They they give it a medium, so you still know where it is in the scale. And then when you place that medium across all all of your site, when you change the uh, the value of that, it just means all mediums are are changed. Mm. So that that was one thing with with the paragraph thing. The other thing, and this is client first do this as well, and something that again I'm I'm not a massive fan of is the the classes that represent um, headers, so H1s, H2s, H3. So they're elements. So obviously in Webflow and in CSS in general, you can target elements. So I can target the H1 element and give it a, a font size, mm -hmm. and then we now have a class called H1. And with mask, what you meant to do is make sure that the class values um, replicate the element values in terms of CSS. But what this means is when you're say, say I want I've got H1 on the page and but I want it to be the size. I want it to be a smaller size. I might have to then put the H2 class on it. So before you know it, someone's now looking at this and going, is this a H1 or is this a H2? Now, okay, in Webflow, you can tell if it's a H1 element versus a H1 yeah, class. You, so you do that in but, Client First as well. So you, if you wanted your exactly, yeah, your yeah. H1 is a style, it's not semantic, and it's representative of, so it's, um, I think it's, yeah, so it's it, the, the equivalent, it's, it's representative of the largest of the designed headings but if you wanted headings yeah yeah so what i would do quite often is my my h1 semantic would actually could even be like a paragraph style and then my paragraph in my hero section for example and then my paragraph underneath which is like a slogan could be uh, so semantically it's a paragraph but in terms of style it could be a h1 um so i i would often do that to make things semantically correct so the, so that's the same I believe in in mast and and uh, and client first, right? And client first, yeah, yeah. So, but my my belief in in um, in using classes is just to try and make sure that it's clear what what it means, and there isn't confusion. Now, it's surprising that client first does this because it, 
like you know and we won't go too much in the clients but it's meant to be for clients and i know lots of web follow developers that don't know the difference between a h1 element and a h1 style let alone a client who's picking it up and trying to understand and not get confused by it but it says h1 is it a h1 you know the amount of times i've styled a h1 class when i actually i want to style the h1 element because i'm you know there's lots of confusion whereas if it said um like header one style as a class or h1 style even even just the addition of the style um makes me feel a little bit more comfortable like I've, i'm working on a project now where there are actually um two header fonts in play so i've got a a, a h1 with font a and a h1 with a font uh b but they're they're not always going to be on a h1 tag even explaining this confuses me um so it, it's just i i feel like it's when you can separate classes from the semantic nature in terms of um, the semantic tags, in terms of the naming convention, I think you're in a much better place. So that's another element of what well, both client first and math, which I don't quite agree with. Um, so the other thing is the, no, actually let's go on to the positives. Like, cause I'm yeah, sick and tired of being negative. Uh, in the kind of so I basically from this you see similar limitations in terms of a development CSS framework for both client first and mast and they they do but you see certain benefits in in client first over over mast and then certain benefits in mast over client first um, so the topography one is you, you obviously see there's a an issue there and both of them need to potentially need to work on it so um yeah but it's different like i think client client first and mast in the header they do the same i think that they're well, both no, not fairness, the way i would do it it does say heading style h1 heading style h2 it so doesn't it, anymore it doesn't anymore I'm they've changed it no it used to be heading style it used to in in the version one it heading used to but it doesn't anymore they've changed to uh quite it's now a h1 or h2 um but anyway we 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 want to keep this nice and short and sweet so people don't get bored so let's drop the typography for, for a moment because although it's it is very important um i think if we move on to the positives of why I chose Mast and why I like Mast, you know, it's out of the box, it comes out. And this is the main reason I use it. It has a, a really nice layout um, class system. And that layout class system, the guys didn't invent it themselves. It's based off bootstrap rows and columns. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's all based around Flexbox. So you have a, a 12 column, for one of that 12 column grid so you have the potential to put 12 columns next to each other but if you take one of those columns out everything flexes to fill the space so and then as you as you go down into the different breakpoints you can say okay i want a column to be uh full width on desktop or say half width on desktop on when i go to dablet i want it to be three quarters and then on mobile i want it to be full width and the way you do that is just by 
telling uh, through through the the written um, the written classes is going. I want it to be six columns on desktop. I want it to be eight columns on tablet, and I want it to be twelve columns on mobile. Okay. And so the fact that it, was, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of work that goes in, into that. So if I was building a section, then the section would have you said a row that's set to flex. And then in that row, there is as many columns as I need for that particular build. It could be one, it could be 12, but they will equally space out within that row for the desktop version. And then you add another class, is it to the row in order to make that uh, break across the breakpoints? No, you add you add the, the class for for columns. You add the class to the column itself. Okay, so, so child, you can you, you can control. Yeah. So you say so it's it's you it's add it to the of, column. Yeah. So does it have a class of col or column? So it uses class of col. So okay. if you don't know what col means, then you have to go to the docs, and it's not immediately obvious. But this is why I guess it's developer first. Yeah. Uh, rather than seen as client first, um, that, so you have have call is the base. Yeah, it flexes across the whole row. So if I put two calls in there, would they take up equal space? And they would they would take up equal space across the whole thing. But then I would have to add an additional combo class to the column that says at tablet it it goes they stack. Is that correct? So it would probably be call tablet large something like that or, or medium how, how would that work so so the way they do it is they use um rather than using tablet or mobile they use uh large medium small and extra small as screen sizes oh yeah that's easy. so it's not now referring to yeah the device so the default is call and it it's um it flexes to the space that's there depending on how many sibling columns it's got you know if there's three columns in a row and they're all called col, then they would be a third, a third, a third. Now, you might say, okay, I want the first column to be half um, half the width of that row. So I'll put um, col-lg for large dash six. So that means that at a large uh, breakpoint and down, mm -hmm. it will now span six columns. And then the other two columns will now span fill the rest of the gaps so there'll be six so then there'll be three columns each all adding up to 12 columns so and then you can control each column individually so you can say okay but now i want when that, that initial column goes down on mobile i want it to be eight columns you could just say you add in the utility class it's a utility class more than a combo class of col dash um small sm dash eight mm -hmm. so that means that on the large it's six on the tablet it's still six because it inherits from the desktop mm -hmm. and then on mobile it goes to eight and then again all those other columns react accordingly depending on how many columns are left um okay, so once you get your head around it and it, it yeah that's super interesting because it is okay so this is why it's developer first so this you know, 24 minutes in 
um, we got into the developer versus client first. So it's it's the child that in this particular instance, it's the child of the row, which is the child of the section. So we're nesting down, we're, we're two children deep that um, that is being controlled and that's being controlled by a predetermined um, class system, utility class system. And you can control those um, basically by typing. But what it means is that you're, you're putting potentially a lot of classes together in in the style in in webflow which is which is against webflow's recommendations of only having two two classes at once so but to the first thing that i'm like what i'm seeing from this is that it means it's um scalable and repeatable so you have your so what do you call a section? You just give it the class of section? So you don't need to, but you can do, yes. So you, so you can, section. you would give it... If, section with a, a class then, of section. Then you have... A div with a class of row, and then multiple divs with the class of call, and then there are additional utility classes that um, manipulate the design that you want. So that that's really interesting because that is a more traditional approach to how one should do something like this looks this quacks like bootstrap as you were saying earlier on and and seems like bootstrap so the way one would do that in client first is that you would have section underscore identifier and then you would have your padding your global padding and your section padding so you're two divs deep so actually i need to we need to go back to that how does that work and then you would have your container and your your then you would have your identifier component which is usually a grid and then that grid would react um according to the breakpoints you'd set that up first and then your items your your inside there you would have inside the identifier component you would have your div blocks that would be custom uh, identified. So it would be ident identifier content or identifier image. So the identifier cascades through the section, which is really nice to read, but not scalable once you start going to multiple pages. Um, so that's really cool that MAST, uh, MAST fixes that problem of having you know, you, you you don't need to change. If you have like a home about section and an about about section, you don't need to change that. You can just duplicate it across, create it as a component and it should work, correct? Yes and no. I think I think the, the point with Mast versus Client First is, is Mast has a layout system that relies on um, classes that you don't rename. So you don't put any identifiers on them that say, oh, they're part of the, the hero or they're part of the about section or they're part of the testimonial section. Um, and you could do that in client first. You, you, you don't have to have identifiers on your layout um, if you don't want to. The difference with client first is it doesn't come with a layout structure. So there, there aren't classes that that say, OK, this is a this is a like I want half of this to be. Uh, I want two columns here. So you you have to create that that class. And then you can use that wherever you want. You can still use that in lots of different parts of the site. Um, 
but you you have to create it yourself so the the thing i i find with um well, modern websites you know yes if you go super crazy bespoke and lots of different uh different types of layouts and interesting layouts then a column system in mass is not not something that's going to do a lot of heavy lifting for you and I've, i worked on a one-page website the other day and and I used Mast and I didn't use much of the layout classes because we didn't need to. We had some really funky layout classes, go, uh, layouts going on. Um, it's not to say that Mast couldn't cope. It's just it was easier to just write bespoke classes each time. But uh, Mast has that if you want to. So for a lot of websites, it works. Client First doesn't have that. And I think the the place where it like that comes out um, quite prominently is is the way Reloom and Client First interact. So Reloom obviously is a component library. It's um, it uses the Client First um, framework under the hood, and it means that every single component has a different layout class. Which even if the layout is identical to the next component, the classes are different. So because there's no layout structure in Client First, Reloom essentially put an identifier on every single layout. So you might have, you know, 20 different sections in Reloom that are all doing different things. They all might have identical layouts, but they'll all have um, an individual class for those layouts. Mm. Whereas with Mast, you are using the same classes for your layout in every single section because it's so flexible because it you know uses the bootstrap methodology um so you know there there are there is a con to that is that if i have a a two call layout in my hero on the home page for example but i also have a two call layout on the hero on my about page if i have a single class that is like two call for example mm -hmm. that's bad that's a bad naming because on on mobile it's no longer two call it might be one call um that goes back to you know calling things paragraph 1.5 um then you if you if you change it on the home page because you're using the same class on the about page it will change so scalable that way with mast if you alter the call behavior on the home page it won't propagate through to the about page unless you're using a a component say for example yeah, um yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there is a slight downside there, but if you're using components, it, it kind of works. And I find when I'm building now, I there are two two things. First, when when I started building with Mast, it took a while to get to know the classes that are involved in setting up a row and a set of columns. But once you get going, it's like it's like a shortcut system. You literally, I, I can visualize what I want this thing to do on a desktop, tablet, mobile. Maybe I've got my Figma on a big screen next to me. And I can literally write the classes and I know, I don't even have to change the breakpoint in the designer. I know the behavior it will have on the lower breakpoints. Um, so that, really that is one cool. thing. And then the that, second one is... That's really cool because that that is, is, yeah. that's writing code in Webflow. So you're just... Um, so I'm finding like this is really interesting because in my client first starter kit, I have got a grid and inside grid, I've got calls because I constantly use, I don't know what I've, and I've set it up as a component that I want to have a grid with. So that grid is two calls and then I have a combo cast that could be grid three call or 
you know, is three call or is four call, something like that. That's the way I have it set up. But it's all, like you were saying there, based off of the the desktop version. So it's, and it, it isn't descriptive of it's cascading down, but I've done that for scale because I'm like, there's multiple times that you're having a two grid that goes to um, a one grid on, on mobile uh, landscape, you know? So why should I have to write, rewrite that all the time? But then I come into the problem that mass seems to solve by, because I'm using grid, that means every single time I do that, it has to, the, every section has to do that, do exactly what that grid responds to. Whereas if you're using um, MAST, you simply go to the call and manipulate that call by adding a, another utility class to it. And it can, it can, it doesn't break your, your design or development. It just manipulates it exactly how you want it from the child. That's super interesting and being able to do that from the desktop version of the designer is really powerful. That's really cool. Sorry, I, I cut it. Yeah. Off, I was just yeah. So, yeah. No, no. So, yes. It, yeah, I agree. It's it allows you to just you, you, you can you can write the code or you can organize the layout at lower breakpoints just by adding classes without having to think about it too much um obviously i've built up a mental model of this in my head now so i'm a bit more second nature that's why i can move quicker with mast but you've also you've almost in your starter kit there with client first you've you've made up for the fact that they don't have a layout system and you've created your own layout system which which is great um but it kind of defeats the object of having a docs that someone can look at because you pass that to the client you now have to document your layout system to them so they understand what happens when they change this or what happens when they change that. Whereas mask comes with that layout system already documented. And although there is a bit of a learning learning curve to understand how it works, it's documented well. You know, Bootstrap is what's the most popular, one of the most popular frameworks out there um, in front end. So even if a front end dev that hadn't ever used Webflow picked it up, straight away they might recognize the methodology behind it um the one the one the second thing i wanted to say with the way i work with mast is what i do is i i componentize is that a word i create components out of layouts so i <laughs> that's not a word <laughs> to componentize <laughs> To it componentize, word, yeah. From the workflow dictionary, <laughs> to componentize. <laughs> so I use it on all client calls to make me sound smart. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. so what I've done is I've, um, when I start a project, I, I scan all the pages and I look at to see where there's some common layouts that I might use. And that goes from, you know, desktop down to, um, down to the mobile. And I will create that layout. So I'll, I'll put a section in, I'll put a container in, um, I'll adjust that container to be the, you know, the, the kind of max width of the container in the design. It's not always the same. And then I'll start creating variations of row column layout. So mm. there might be, I don't know, four or five instances of us using, um, a, the first column takes up a, th 
a third of the page and then the second column takes two thirds and then there might be a half and half or there might be a, a full that goes down to a half there might be lots of different variations what i do is i create those in a in a draft page i create components out of them and then give them a label of you know section container three call variation a or variation b or whatever so then when i'm when i'm moving through the pages and i need that exact layout rather than creating it on the fly i do probably what what you do you do that with classes with yours is i just i you know command e find that component drop it onto the page unattach it there i've got a ready-made layout that i know works across desktop tablet and mobile in the way that i that i want to but it's also consistent with it's how it's worked on other pages so that's that's how i do that you know and it also as you kind of highlighted it means that maybe the layout works the same as all the other layouts on desktop and tablet but this one specifically is different on mobile not a problem drop it in adjust the mobile class mm. happy days so there's there's it's just those little little bits of efficiency they start to add up quite a lot in in fact they added up so much that a client of mine who i've, I've had for three years now i've been building their site adding to it um, over the years and i started with client first and I got to a point this summer where they said, all right, we want to add um, another piece of features. So it was a big, big sort of blog knowledge center. And I looked at it and I go, gee, like, this is exciting. We, we can do this. But I want to use Mast because I know I can move probably twice as fast with, with Mast um, as I can with, with another framework. And I looked at the code that I'd written over the two years before that with client first. And I was like, damn, I, I didn't document my layout system enough or in, in such a granular way that I'm going to move quick with this. So what I did, I actually rebuilt the whole site in Mast in the same time that it would would, would have taken me. So I, I, I went, I didn't tell the client, I said, I got halfway through, I was like, guys, I've, I've kind of rebuilt it. I've made it a bit more best practice, made it a bit more scalable, easier to work with, fully documented, da, 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 da. And I was, it was amazing how quickly I could I can move because I, I knew what other components and layouts were there before you know it in, in day one i had all these layouts done i could just drag them in bam unattach put the content in go 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 and it was it was brilliant it was almost like having a, a component library ready to go without having the components ready you know um and this is why this is the biggest thing for mars for me is is the layouts and it's why the real why I'm so sad that I can't use make use of Reloom because Reloom's every component has its own unique. It doesn't have its own unique layout. It has a class, a unique class that represents that component, even though the layout's the same. If they put a layout, if they put the mask layout system in there, it would like Reloom would. I would. I would cry with joy <laughs> because. It would speed up. I would I would be able to drag in components, knowing full well that it's based on the rows and the calls. And if I if I need to adjust that a little bit, I can just use the utility classes, and it's not going to have an impact everywhere else. I'm not going to have to think, oh, how is this laid out? What what are the rows and the gaps on this one? Because it's all propagated across the whole um, so the whole project. So the thing that I um, yeah, like I I don't use Relum because of that particular issue that um, everything is a custom class 
which is fine, but I end up finding that what happens is if I start using those components, then I'm going back and I'm finding that things are, are named incorrectly and I'm just wasting time. Personally, I'm just, even though you're able to put something together quickly, I'm wasting a load of time writing, rewriting classes thereafter instead of doing it on the fly. But what I find really interesting about MAST is when a website from, like the identifier for me in Webflow or in Client First, I always try and keep it to one word, like section hero, section about, section team. I try, and I know that client first encourage you to call it section home hero, section about hero, section home team, section about team, so that you're you're describing the page and the section. But I find that gets uh, quite taxing the deeper you go into a project and the more pages you have on a project and also the more obscure a section could be like is it testimonials is it reviews is it um is it reviews with a slider or reviews that are in um card format you know because the design could change is it you know a cta or is it a sign and and i find i try and make things uh, yeah, the identifier, just one word, and potentially reuse them over, duplicate that over um, over the project. But I always, when it comes down to, when we're down at the child that is the um, the grid system that I'm using, I always uh, come in, uh, hit, hit a stumbling block there somewhere in a project because something is slightly off based off of the design in, in mobile or or maybe it looks the exact because what often happens is you know no one gives you a design in mobile that's 320 pixels wide like they give you a design that is 480 you know and you're like oh yeah i can do this for 480 but like the majority the, the smallest phones out there on the market are, are 320 so this just doesn't work so you have to kind of create something that that adjusts for those sizes and, and i find that um when you're getting down to that scale sometimes client first can can be taxing but in the same vein as you like me right now I've, I've client first so off by heart that I can smash I just I I know the language so well that I can just I can write it incredibly quickly um so I just I find that um which, which is actually one thing that I, I was struggling with with mast is why is everything um responding from the child I didn't grasp that concept i was like this this doesn't make sense because if you're trying to adjust something when it responds from the parent it's easier to control that whereas when you've got things responding from the child you're adding classes or taking away classes which can be quite difficult in webflow if especially because you're you're going to be putting you're going to be nesting more than two classes deep using mast correct you could have four or five deep depending on what's going on Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know that there are there are classes that you put on the row, so on on the parent of the column that that will um, impact the the alignment and the the layout. So, for example, you you might want to uh, justify the columns to the left or the end or the start or center them vertically or push them to the bottom. So there there are um, there are classes, like utility classes on rows, that allow you to do that. Um, so 
again, it becomes a little bit more powerful because there's a combination of. So you, you think about number of columns and the behavior of that, of the kind of horizontal layout of the column is done on the column. And then the more sort of group behavior is done on the row. So that has yeah. an impact on the on the children. Um, so, um, that's yeah, that's yeah, no, I, I think the layout thing is 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 it really good. And that reads more like because um, um, I keep yeah, it's, keep thinking about like like it's it, it's amazing having no coders and web floors working on your project. But I'm working more and more in projects now where I've got traditional devs working on them, and any kind of anything that helps reduce that friction of you know someone from a traditional tech stack coming in and going, why have you just named that section? Why is this class so long, for example, is what I, I get quite a lot. And it's just like, oh, I just use this naming class system. It's very, but something like that is just a reason for a traditional dev to um, not take you seriously. Whereas Mast will, will the, the way you've described it and the way the docs look, will... Um, reduce that friction between someone who's a trad dev and a you know a, a no code dev which is great um yeah which is great and I, but i think that that does touch on the the sort of uh, what's the word but you know the butting up of different ways to use webflow is you know i think there's a, there was a bit of uh, there's a few tweets going around um about templates and about you know how Templates are built in Webflow. Templates that are on the marketplace are built really badly. You know, that was just someone put that out there. And then, you know, people jumped on and said, oh, that's because they're forced to, you know, use, put spaces and capital letters. And and you start to go, okay, well, a dev would look at, like a front-end dev, traditional, let's call them, would look at that and go, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, this is, this is, this is terrible, the way you're writing your classes. But in the Webflow world, to, to get a template into the marketplace, you've got to write it in this so-called terrible way. Um, and I think fair, in between that, correct. you've got, you know, mask. Yeah. No, it's terrible. Like when you capitalize something and call it section space home, when that renders on the front end, and if someone exports that code, it is section with a small s dash home, which has caught people out when they're using JavaScript that they're, they're not targeting the right class. But yeah, so it does render the way one would traditionally see it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but but remember, you're you're looking at that from a, a dev point of view, which I it's the way I think we should do. You know, and, and Webflow is obviously moving more to calling themselves a developer platform rather than a um, sort of no code platform. Um, but the thing that's important, I think, is that um, especially if we're, we're comparing these two frameworks, and yes, there are there are other frameworks. You know, you've got Knockout out there, you've got Saddle that's come out. There's other frameworks out there. Um, is that Master unapologetic about its developer first? It uses shorthand for classes. You know, utility classes and the way they label combo classes are brilliant. A utility class it has a U at the front, a dash, and then you know that's a utility class. And when you put you build new utility classes, you make sure you follow that naming convention hmm. um, and you know how to create those. And then the combo class is the same. Is this a utility class? No, it's a CC dash. It's a combo class. And so and once you get, again, you've got to get your head around these concepts first. It's not like 
out of the box, anyone can build with it. But I think that, like, I've always had this, and you know, when I was at eighty twenty, I, you know, we we kind of we kind of moved to using client first. And one of the things that we discussed a lot was um, client first pretends to be client friendly, but actually, it's it it's not client friendly because it it looks like it's client friendly, but then the client have, has a false sense of security that because they they read something and it and it makes sense to them in a in an English term they go oh I understand it all you know and that it kind of covers up the they don't know what a combo class is or utility or how they behave on different breakpoints and what happens when you change the color that something says you know is blue on it does that and you change the color to red do you then change is the the thing to is red but that's a combo class so that won't affect the utility class that says is blue and you know it all kind of cascades out of hand then um i think the thing with with mast and I, I really like what what corey and max have done is is um is, is basically just boil it down to well, i wouldn't say first principles that's the way the, the bad ways to say it but just it kind of it does what it says on the tin it gets out of the way apart from the header and paragraph terminology um, there is, you know, things like using M's for margin and padding, which I know that, you know, when we first talked about masks, it's something that is a little bit confusing and can be, again, a little bit, I, I'm not sure I use it in the way that it's designed. Um, so there are bits that I, I'm not a fan of, but in the main, I think it's, it does what it says on the tin. It's a developer friendly, um, framework and, it allows me to move quickly 90% of the time. Um, client first is great. Like client first is, is much better than having a blank page with no framework where you build up all these classes um, because at least you have a methodology to, to follow. It's just maybe, um, it's just, you know, maybe it's a style preference. I, I don't know. I, I, think I just, is. I think that's exactly. I feel like maybe, it, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And like there's, I don't think there's any, right or wrong way to do to write your css but the the thing that's incorrect is to not have a correct css naming system set up and even if that's your own fine like if you want to write your own system great but it has to be accessible for another developer who comes in and what client first does is it makes it accessible to as many Webflow developers as possible, which is, um, they're they're coming from a different, um, they're 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 coming. They're not majority of them are not coming from a, a CSS front end. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? They're 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 not come, They haven't has as much experience with different frameworks like with traditional CSS uh, writing CSS in a traditional way. Whereas what Mass is doing is kind of keeping that more no. in um, more like a, a, a traditional framework, like Bootstrap or how Tailwind might write write their classes. But both of them, like since client first, like I've enjoyed taking on projects that other people have done. If I've seen it in client first, I'm like, sweet. They, it can't be that bad. And 99% of the time, it's really well written because their docs are really good and they've they've educated people really really well 
when I look at mast projects, I'm like, this makes a lot of sense. And I just haven't fully jumped. I've tested it. I just haven't fully jumped because I feel like I'm fluent in client first. So I, I keep writing in client first. But I think yeah. I think I'm going to have to. Um, I, I have come across like a few projects, um, like this a couple of projects where it's just like the client first doesn't work for what I'm doing right now. And maybe that's more like when it's product stuff, it doesn't quite work. But if it's marketing websites, it does quite work. I haven't figured it out. But I um, but yeah. That, uh, that that was class, Matt. Um, yeah. That was class. We're talking about classes, and I said class. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Uh, well, what kind of class? What what kind of class was it? Yeah, was, it yeah. was it a good class or a badly written class? <laughs> I think we might have to do an edit on this one and actually turn it around that we're talking about the nice stuff and then get into the shit stuff. But we went straight into the bad stuff. <laughs> um, so, but that's, that's really... I need to I need to work on it a bit more like because I did have I've used it and I like it. Um, but I think we need to go into this again because like we just touched on stuff there because the, the, the main thing with client first is it's all in REMS, whereas you touched on it there where with MAST, they use REMS, M's, and they also have um, they use pixels like in the columns and the rows, they use pixels to keep things exactly where they want them. Um, and maybe we can talk about maybe we should do one on responsiveness because I really like how client first has the fluid responsiveness with their with their calculator. Um, so maybe we should do something more granular because this was kind of like top level, but we should talk about like a specific and, and try and figure just go back and forth on, on how one framework versus the other would work on it. No, definitely. Um, yeah, I think the uh the pixel rems ems is uh, such an interest it's it's a like it's almost a debate that never ends um there's, there's so you know because it's a it's a front end yeah and yeah i think they have that nailed um, i i'm not sure they i'm not sure they do oh, but let's leave, let's leave that for another day for another two hours <laughs> <laughs> right so um anyway to round this off and to make sure we don't talk about frameworks anymore, um, we'll try and round it off by saying that if you've got this far, congrats. But also, we have just signed up to a little service that allows people to leave us voice notes. And those voice notes we may or may not include in future episodes. So if you've got any feedback, great. It could be good feedback, bad feedback. We don't mind. Hopefully, you know now that we don't. We're not towing some party line here. Um, but also, if you've got any questions, it, whether it's it doesn't get too like, provided we don't like have a. I'm sure we're not going to have like a thousand people messaging us, but we should just we should just play them live and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, Maybe yeah, well, let, let's play them live as we're going along. <laughs> well, I, there is this there is this little thing in the corner of of, uh, of our recording platform, Riverside, that has media, and I know that you know, like we could we could put some chuckles in there and sound effects, but it'd be great if we could just insert a little message from someone. But any questions as well? I think that's that would be awesome. Is rather than writing in, 
just record an audio. Hey, like, what do you think about this? Or why do you disagree with this? Or um, what's your favorite font? I don't know. Don't be that boring. But that, that's really boring <laughs> question because that's a really I'd boring love question. For you to talk about your. Really, <laughs> <laughs> one thing that would stop you talking. <laughs> Oh, gee, that's low blow. That's a low blow. What is Matt's favorite font? Radio silence. <laughs> lobster. Radio silence. Honestly, lobster. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, hey. All right. I'm, I'm about to lose right, it. I'm half tempted to just stop this. Yeah. Well, you, you've, you've lost it already. You've lost the room, Alan. Like, you've turned on me. You've lost the room. Anyway. Next week we're also um, next week we're going to do a Christmas party. It sounds yeah, sad as sad as anything. Yeah, two two lads. Um, we're going to get some pints in. Um, we're going to maybe put our Christmas hats on and we're going to just uh, wing it like, like we always do, and have some Christmas cheer and talk about you know, I don't know what frameworks does Santa use. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but anyway, there we go. Um, so, see you next week. Yep, good luck. Thanks for that, Matt. Good luck. Okay, bye-bye, bye-bye.